Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Today is April 28th, 2022, and our first story, news of the U.S. economy shrinking by 1.4% is a death blow to the Democrats' midterm chances. Even CNN has issued a warning. In our next story, a liberal group has called on the FCC, the FTC, and the DOJ to stop Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter. And the FCC laughed, saying, that's absurd. We can't do that. In our final story, Elon Musk says he's buying Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in it. Okay, in all seriousness, Elon Musk is bringing the fun back to Twitter. But the real story is that Twitter's earning report was abysmal. Twitter likely wanted to close this deal before the bad news came out, and Elon Musk cornered them. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Today, news broke that the U.S. economy shrank by 1.4%, a retraction. Now, Joe Biden and the Democrats have been talking about this major economic boom. You know what they're doing is they're they're looking at how the economy basically collapsed because of the pandemic. And now that we're struggling to get back to normalcy, every time there's a gain, they ignore the context and say the economy is doing better than ever. Or at the very least, they're saying, look at this tremendous job growth. Well, the latest report, the U.S. economy shrank by 1.4%. My friends, it is the Democrats' midterm death knell. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, Democrats in Congress, for the bell tolls for thee. This is apocalyptic. Even CNN is calling this a bodying and disastrous. And of course, Joe Biden has no idea what's going on. When asked by a journalist about this, he said that the GDP fell to 1.4%, as if to imply he thinks the economy is growing. Oh, man, is this bad. Now, we still don't know what's going to happen until November, so I can somewhat hyperbolically call it a death now, but I'm, I'm very much convinced we are looking at a red tsunami, the likes of which we have not seen in some time. 
And my evidence to this, at least for now, and though it could change, is that in the generic congressional ballot, real clear politics in aggregate has Republicans up four points. Let's throw it to our famous pollster friends that like to point out when the Democrats have an advantage in the Democratic congressional, I'm sorry, when when the Democrats have a five point advantage in the generic congressional ballot, they still lose. And right now, in aggregate, Republicans are up four points. We are looking at something truly apocalyptic. So I think the Democrats have no choice but to lie and no choice but to bribe the American people. Because now we keep hearing mutterings that Joe Biden is going to offer student debt forgiveness. Let me break that down for you. I'm not completely opposed to it. You've heard me talk about it. I'm, I'm somewhat in favor of some type of student loan forgiveness. I'm also in favor of some type of universal basic health care. I'd like to break all that down for you because I think I have practical solutions. Maybe, maybe it's all not possible. Maybe it's all just idealism. But the idea that uh, so some of these some of these ideas I do like, but Joe Biden's idea and the Democrats idea of doing a blanket loan forgiveness is insane. You're talking about taking tax revenue from the poorest Americans and transferring it to the highest income earners in the country by demographic. Now, I know there are ultra wealthy individuals who pay a substantial amount of taxes, but why would the lower income people who pay taxes have to give that money to people with college degrees who typically earn more? Now, there is an interesting counterpoint. I've heard some say that Republicans should offer up to like $20,000 in principal student loan forgiveness. That is, I'm sorry, in interest and principal. And uh, the reason is we can tax the universities or seize the endowments and use that to pay for the problem caused by these universities. I love it. I'm actually on board. Let's let's pull off something like that. You know, Will Chamberlain likes to say, seize the endowments. Yeah, these big universities have all of this money, yet we're, they're still relying on predatory student loans so that people can come in and pay. Nah, they got they got billions. OK, how about we do this? We end predatory student loans. We tax the universities and we use that money to forgive the loans of the people who were victims of this predatory behavior. Democrats won't do it. The universities are too. Uh, it's too much institutional power they want. But regardless, you know, I think we're looking at something that's going to be historic. Nay, apocalyptic for Democrats, as like I said, even CNN says this is disastrous. Well, let's take a look at the news on the economy, because it's not just about whether the Democrats are going to win or lose. It's about whether or not you, my friends, can afford to eat. It's getting crazy out there. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member, if you can, to help support our work. We're doing a lot behind the scenes. There's some infrastructure stuff I want to mention, but we can't do it just yet until we're ready to make the announcement. But rest assured, your membership is allowing us to help shore up the infrastructure to end the leftist cult hegemony over big tech infrastructure. Hegemony, whatever. Hegemony, how do you pronounce that word? The point is, these big tech platforms own the infrastructure. We're fighting back. And we've got some announcements to make as to how we're running the back end for TimCast.com. So with your support, we'll do more. We'll hire more journalists. We just brought on another journalist. And you will get access to TimCast IRL exclusive member segments. So don't forget, you can also, so don't forget to become a member. 
but you can also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's read the story from Fox Business. U.S. economy shrank 1.4% at beginning of 2020, marking worst quarter in two years. Economists expected the economy to expand by 1.1%, a marked slowdown from 2021. Gross domestic product, the broadest measure of goods and services produced across the economy, shrank by 1.4% on an annualized basis in the three-month period from January through March, the Commerce Department said in its first reading of the data on Thursday. Refinitive economists expected the report to show the economy had expanded by 1.1%. It marked the worst performance since the spring of 2020, when the U.S. economy was deep in the throes of the COVID-induced recession. Now, the funny thing is, apparently, didn't didn't Fauci come out and say something like, we're out of the pandemic period now? We should be looking at tremendous growth to make up for those losses. We're not. The Democratic leadership has been disastrous for this country, and Joe Biden's leadership, or lack thereof, has also been disastrous. Quote, Today's shock drop in GDP is a wake-up call that the economy isn't as strong as we all thought, said Chris Zaccarelli, chief investment officer for Independent Advisor Alliance. It's possible that GDP gets revised higher next month, as this is just the first release and there will be two revisions, but it is a warning sign. Let me, let me show you what the warning sign means. First, we'll keep it simple. CNN.com, Chris Saliza, reports. Today is a disastrous day for Democrats' 2022 chances. Disastrous day. It is a death knell. You know, I was wondering, I was like, do people know what a death knell is? Now, I know those of you who know what it is are saying, of course we know what it is. And some people are probably like, well, I, I can figure it out. That's why I said in the beginning for uh, ask not for whom the bell tolls, the bell tolls for thee. The death knell is the ringing of the bell signifying someone's end, if you get the point. Democrats are going to get voted out of office come November. No, 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 no. I often say there's a lot of variables between now and then. So we will see, you know, who knows? Things can change. But my friends, I bring you to the real clear politics, congressional vote, the generic congressional vote 2022. I looked at this and I was aghast. (gasps) Heavens. Look at this. The, the Democrats declining, and now we're sitting at a clean four-point advantage for Republicans. You no know, joke, I was shocked when I saw this, because I've seen it at, you know, three points and two points, and I'm like, man, it's getting bad, but four! I predict it's only going to get worse because food is through the roof, gas is through the roof, and it's not going to come down. I've had a lot of people say to me, you know, maybe it's time, you know, sell, sell your house, sell your property, or now is not a good time to buy. I said, why do you think these big institutional investment firms are buying up houses like crazy? Yo, the cost of materials to build the house ain't coming down. Woods through the roof. I think it's up like six times, 600% or some ridiculous number or just shy of that. With inflation, with the retraction, the recession, all of this. Why would the cost of goods be going down? You have people saying like, now's, now you got to, the bubble's going to burst and all that stuff. I'm like, dude, if it costs a hundred grand to build a house and uh, your house is worth 150. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Why would it go down? It's going to go up. I heard this recently from someone. They said that they wanted to buy a house. No, no joke, a contractor. Because the wood used to build the house was in good condition. And they figured the worst case is if they gutted the home, they could take that material and they'd get it at a discount. You know what the land is worth? It's a good investment. Plus the materials we can use to build newer. Pro- I'm like, I don't know if you can use old lumber for that. But the, the joke they were making essentially was the wood costs more. We could repurpose it for something else. If Look, if you want to build a skate ramp, I don't care if you use recycled wood for that. A house, I'd probably want some clean, fresh wood, right? But if I'm going to build something personally and the wood is cheaper to buy a house, you see where this is going. Not that it's 100% in alignment right now. I'm not saying you can buy a house, tear it down and use the wood for something like that because there's a lot that goes into it. There's labor and stuff. The point is, if the cost of materials is going up, then the houses cannot go down. Because if you want to build a new house, it'll cost you even more money. So then you say, okay, how about we do a used house? And they're going to be like, well, you need a house, right? Your new house costs 200. Why would I sell mine for less than 175? We got you in a bind, right? That's how things are going. Yo, over at 538, they have the Republicans leading by 2.3%. Now I consider 538 to be fairly biased. Real clear politics, I, I view as typically just generally fair. And, and the way I explain this is, although they all have their biases, Real Clear Politics just shows a spattering of recent polls in reverse chronological order. And we can see that based on this, they just give us the average. 538 chooses to include some and not others. And uh, I, I don't know. I just typically think it's fairly biased. You can see that they have way more pro-Democrat polls here. They include two polls from YouGov from the same period. Two polls from Quinnipiac from the same period. I don't know if I'm a fan of that. Maybe. But Real Clear Politics just outright says Quinnipiac, Economist, Politico, Insider Advantage, Harvard, Harris, Trafalgar, Rasmussen. And it's all showing. Republicans are coming. CNN even says, the news that the U.S. economy unexpectedly shrank over the first quarter of the year is an absolute body blow to Democrats already reeling amid growing economic concerns ahead of the 2022 midterm election. <clears throat> the country's gross domestic product fell at 1.4. This we know. The GDP news comes in the heels of newly released polling data from Gallup that suggested the, that economic confidence is extremely low among the American public. Look at this photo they use. Where is this at? We really shouldn't panic. CNN reporter breaks down the shrinkage. You've got this image showing gas at 459. I can only imagine what average Americans are dealing with, with escalating food prices. Now, my friends in the media are certainly trying to deflect. Take a look at this from the New York Times. Breaking news. The U.S. economy shrank for the first time in a quarter. GDP adjusted for for inflation declined 0.4%. Oh, man. No, 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 no. New York Times, that is not the defense you think it is. The economy is so bad that inflation makes the retraction seem smaller. No. Look, I imagine stupid people would see 0.4% and be like, it only declined a little bit. For people who know what's going on, you're like, Oh, no, the recession, the retraction is bad. 
but the economy is already at such an inflationary rate that it's almost masking the fact the economy is tanking. Oh, man. Yo, this is bad. That's why I say death knell. That's the bell, man. Check this out from the Hill. Joe Biden. This is what he said. I want to play for you this clip. you about a recession, given the GDP report today showed a contraction of 1.4% in the fourth quarter. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about a recession. And, I mean, you're always concerned about uh, a recession, but the GDP, you know, fell to 1.4%. But here's the deal. The GDP, you know, fell to 1.4%. As if to imply it fell from a higher growth to slower growth. I am not concerned about a recession. Joe Biden doesn't even know the economy is faltering. Now, that is stunning. Recently, when asked a question by the press about Title 42, which is an immigration policy, Joe Biden said, well, you know, we got to we got to wait and we'll appeal this. We got to see what the scientists say. And everybody was like, to see what the scientists say about your immigration policy. Joe Biden's broken brain cannot be ignored anymore. I implore you, American people, share this video. Let your friends and family know, dude, bad things are happening. They've been happening. It's been bad. I don't blame Joe Biden for all of it. No, I blame the Democrats and I blame COVID. The Democrats are not the cause of COVID. I don't blame them for that. But their handling of it has been abysmal. Donald Trump. He was president during the beginning of this pandemic recession, and he bears much of the blame. He certainly does. Joe Biden promised to lead us through this, and y'all voted for him, and it's only gotten worse. How could it be that the economy is getting worse, that there are more COVID deaths when you said this guy was going to help? He was handed the vaccine and still more COVID deaths. You cannot, you cannot act as though Biden would be better, is better than Trump. Sorry. With no vaccine, Donald Trump as leader, we, it resulted in X. Joe Biden, why? Joe Biden, objectively worse, even with solutions. Here we go, baby. CNBC reports, as of yesterday, food prices are never going back to where they were in 2019, says Tillman Fertitta. Uh, uh, Tillman Fertitta, Fertitta Entertainment chairman, joins Power Lunch to discuss how his companies are doing, how inflation is impacting his business and more. And yes, 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 this is the point. There, this is not transitory. Your food prices will not be going down. Wages will skyrocket. And I'm sorry. You've got people the, the, over on, on Reddit, the subreddit anti-work, posting photos saying, now hiring starting at $20 an hour. And they're like, we're winning. No, you're not. Your buying power is going down. When these stores raise the minimum wage or the entry level pay to 20 bucks an hour, you think you're winning only because inflation is through the roof. You don't realize you're not winning. We need good economic leadership. We ain't got it. Here's from ABC Action News. Experts predict rise in food prices with fertilizer costs up 128%. Hey, you heard it from me many times. I don't know what you can do. You know, I talk about getting emergency food, right? I can tell you it's happening. I can tell you, you know, what I would do and what I did get away from cities. 
Now, I've had people trying to entice me back to these cities, wiggling that money. I don't know, man. I don't think I can do it. We're building out here because I do not trust these cities. I don't think they're going to be able to handle this. And crime is through the roof. Rather live in the middle of nowhere. Man, experts predict rise in food prices. You're going to feel it. Gas prices are back on the rise and people want to know why. It's because inflation is through the roof. It's because the economy is retracting. And it's because all of these costs circle around and affect each other. And now, as of April 27th, just 14 hours ago, gas prices are going back up. And just you wait. You're going to hear it from Joe Biden, Democrats. Vladimir Putin's price increases. Yeah. You know, to a certain extent, sure, I won't deny it. But the inflation was happening before Vladimir Putin. Food prices were going up. A lot has to do with COVID. But a lot has to do with Joe Biden and the Democrats' mass spending. Don't get me wrong. Republicans were involved a little bit, a decent amount. Even I said early on we should do these emergency packages and give out these emergency loans. COVID was scary. I don't consider myself to be the smartest person in the world or a psychic or anything like that. I often can only assume what I only know what everyone else knows. When we were in the throes of a major pandemic with videos of people collapsing in the street, I certainly was like, yo, maybe we should lock down for a couple weeks. Now I see the error of my ways because the government was given an inch and they took a mile and it resulted in major, a major catastrophe. And now we're dealing with the repercussions of that. But I will not take responsibility for what Democrats are doing. I said Donald Trump. I said no Biden. I voted for Donald Trump. And here's what Joe Biden has to offer from NBC News. Biden says he's considering student debt forgiveness, but less than $50,000. The president said a decision is coming in the next couple of weeks. I'm open. I'm listening, but I do not trust him. President Joe Biden said Thursday he's considering taking action to forgive some student loan debt and plans to make a decision in the coming weeks. Here is my proposal, good friend conservatives. Everyone who took out student loans must pay back every penny they borrowed. Now about that interest. I'm not a fan of that. You borrow the money, you use it, you pay it back. Some interest I think is fine, but compound interest? Here's what ends up happening. Some of these young people are told they must take out student loans. They do. They then end up, many of them, paying back the full amount of their loans, but still owing more than their initial loan because of interest rates. So listen, we had an economic shutdown. I blame Democrats for the most part for that, but Republicans were involved at least for a little while, and I played my part. Because of this, many people deferred. There was a freeze on student loans. But if you're struggling to get work to pay off your debts, yo, I can't sit here and just act like every single person has the capability to pay off predatory loans. However, you should pay back what you were given. If you're given $50,000, $50,000 and you spend it, you got to pay it back. But I do know people who borrowed 50K, paid back more than 50K, and still owe 50K. And I'm sitting here saying, like, how does this make sense? No, we cannot have a millennial generation strapped down in indentured servitude. We want young people to have families. We want them to buy houses. It's not going to happen as long as this is floating over everybody's head. My proposal, Republicans, conservatives, is that we eliminate interest. If someone has already paid back their principal, they're done. They'll get a tax credit on interest rates already paid, and we eliminate any interest payments. 
You borrow 50, you paid back 50, we eliminate the rest. That's my proposal. For anyone who already paid back all of their student loans, you get a tax credit in the full amount. Meaning, if you paid back $50,000, guess what? You are not paying taxes. You're going to get credited that $50,000. And I don't mean you're going to be credited that against your income. I'm outright saying you will not, like, it'll be the equivalent of giving you 50 grand, right? If, if somebody, well, I'm talking specifically about interest. If you've already paid back your loans, and let's say you paid back $17,000 in interest, we will give you a tax credit in that full amount. That's my proposal. Meaning, not that we're going to forgive $17,000 in tax liability. We're going to, we're going to forgive $17,000 in tax. Uh, um, what I'm trying to say is, if you owe $1,000 in taxes, it's ignored up until $17,000. Let me try and explain this. What I mean is sometimes when you get a tax credit, what they might mean is that if you have, if you uh, earn $100, then you'll owe 27%, so 27 bucks. I'm not saying we forgive a piece of it. I'm saying that whole $100. If you paid in the interest, we're going to give you that interest back, but in the form of tax deferment, essentially. That's what I think is fair. It takes care of everybody. You still got to pay back what you borrowed. What's being proposed now and what I fear Biden says, I am considering dealing with some debt reduction. I am not considering $50,000 debt reduction per borrow, but I'm in the process of taking a hard look at whether or not there are, uh, there are, there will be additional debt forgiveness. I'll have an answer in the next couple of weeks. What I fear is that Joe Biden is basically attempting to bribe voters because things are in chaos. That will only make things worse. You got to pay back what you borrowed. Here's Rolling Stone. Republicans are panicking over the prospect of Biden forgiving student debt. J.D. Vance, Mitt Romney, Jim Jordan, and other conservatives are staunchly opposed to making life easier for 43 million Americans. Let's talk about what it means to make life easier. When I was 18, uh, I didn't go to college. I I went to a community college for like two months. I took like two classes. And uh, for the most part, it was so I could just say, I have some college. Here's the funny thing about life. When, when you're applying for a job, they say, what's your highest level of education? Some college. That's true. You don't need a high school diploma to go to college. Did you know that? So I took a couple of classes for a couple months, ultimately decided I was getting nothing really from it. It was fun, you know, going to the cafeteria and hanging out. And I'm like, meh, whatever. It was boring. Met some interesting people, had fun, learned some interesting stuff. I took criminal justice for two months. We studied serial killers. Yeah, I like true crime stuff. So I was like a class on, you know, serial killers. Sounds fun. So anyway. Um, there are a lot of people whose lives were made easier. When I went to school, this was basically, uh, my, my family helped because it was like, it was, it wasn't that expensive. It was like 500 bucks. And so I, I was fortunate enough to have family who could afford that. Many other people I knew took out tens of thousands of dollars in loans. They had their own apartments. They had cars. They went partying. And I thought, why don't I get to do that? And then I looked at what they were doing and I said, you guys are borrowing all of this money. That's insane. Now they're older and they're like, why do I have to pay it back? Dude, I know people who got to live in the hot spots in some of the hottest areas in Chicago while I was living on the south side. Ah, there I said it. Yep, you guys know I was from the south side. While I was sleeping on couches. I didn't take out these loans and I'm not on the hook for loans and boy, does it feel great. But you're not just saddled by debt. Your life was made easier because you were given money and now people want you to pay it back. 
But I agree, the interest rates are predatory. That's my that, that's where I'm at. You are right about that. But you got to pay back what you were given. And there's got to be some uh, inflationary interest rate. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This idea of making life easier. Yeah, you want, you want to make life easier? I tell you what, you give me a million bucks from the government coffers. Make my, make my life easier, right? How about this? The government should give everyone a million dollars and everyone's lives will be easier, right? That's the stupidest concept ever. It just makes no sense. So that's what that's the narrative we're getting. And now it gets worse. Biden asks Congress for $33 billion with a B to support Ukraine through September. We're, in a, we're, we're, we're seeing economic retraction. And you, you want $33 billion for Ukraine? Shout out to our good friend Cenk Uger of the Young Turks who called for going and fighting in Ukraine. It's amazing. I consider myself, I guess, to be a disaffected liberal because I used to be like right there with Bernie Sanders when he was like, open borders is a Koch brothers proposal. We must protect the working class. And I'm like, yes, yes, comrade Bernie. And then he was like, we need a moratorium on illegal immigration. And uh, uh, wait, 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 what? A moratorium on criminal border crossings. Bernie, what happened, man? I'm all about helping the American people. I'm all all about America first. I'm all about ending these foreign wars. Bernie Sanders seems to be like, seemed to be like that guy. Now, where am I? Now it's like Donald Trump's the best bet, I guess. Ron DeSantis is pretty good. I can always criticize Ron DeSantis on, you know, that, that uh, BDS policy thing he had. Not a fan of that. Nobody's perfect. Donald Trump certainly isn't. But what do I want as an American citizen? I want us to stop using tax dollars to blow up people in foreign countries that have nothing to do with us. I'm tired of these excuses that we can't have a multipolar world. Yo, this is not how you succeed in a unipolar world. What does that mean? So we had a conversation with Elad Eliyahu, who's a reporter who does, he reports for Timcast on the ground periodically. He said he wants a unipolar world. He wants the United States to dominate. I, I, I agree. But I think we dominate through leadership, cultural leadership. You guys ever play that game Civilization? I love that game. Well, here's how I play. Technological advancement, cultural development, and a strong military. I don't play conquest. It's, it's a civilization is a game where you build your civilization and there are borders in other countries. Some people like to play it where they build up their military and go conquer other lands. You could do that. I don't. I mind my own business, protect my borders, and if you come at me and attack me, I will crush you. But I believe in cultural strength. The United States should lead the charge with technological development, strong IP protections against piracy from places like China, and you're not going to win it, in my opinion, by going and blowing up foreign countries or people in foreign countries. What happens is these other countries grow resentful, team up with your enemies, and now you're facing a multipolar front. A multipolar front means that China is starting to dominate. Why? China's economy is growing. Take a look at this. Disclose.tv, China's economic growth rose by 4.8% in the first quarter of 2022, topping expectations while ours shrank. Certainly what is going on with the U.S. is not working. 
China's growing. We're shrinking. Over in Germany, they had a massive inflationary acceleration. Yeah, it is. It is not good. It's not good. And now we got this. U.S. Intel helped Ukraine protect air defenses and shoot down Russian planes. You want war because this is how you get war. I don't think the Democratic establishment, the Republican establishment, they're basically the same thing. The uniparty elites, they're old and they're befuddled. And that's the problem. There was a time and a place for people like Nancy Pelosi. Not anymore. I would gladly see a progressive young person take over. I, I donated to a progressive who was running against Pelosi because, please, we need to end this insane person's reign in the House. I'm not even a fan of Donald Trump. Uh, Tr- Donald Trump's age. He's an old guy. But at the, at the very least, he gave us something tangible. I like Ron DeSantis. Said it before. I'll say it again. I'd prefer to vote for DeSantis over Trump any day. He is tactful, much more articulate, much younger with military experience. And that goes a long way. Far from perfect. But I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Ron DeSantis. I think what will happen first is we'll get a Donald Trump. OK, I can take it because Donald Trump is infinitely better than any, anyone else so far. I mean, what, I'm, what I mean to say is Ron DeSantis I like better, but I don't think Ron will run against Donald Trump. I think a, a Trump DeSantis ticket is <clears throat> I'd rather that's pretty good, to be completely honest. But DeSantis is a leader, so I'd rather have a DeSantis someone else take it. But if it's Trump running 2024, I'll, I'll, I'll take a Trump. Whatever is not this. Donald Trump is moderate. Even Vox.com called him a moderate. What you get with Joe Biden is befuddled insanity. Biden thinks the economy grew by 1.4. Oh, you want to argue? He, it was a gaffe. You know what he meant? No, I don't know what he meant. I don't know what Trinidad shop of pressure means. I don't know what next Nell Rescent means. I don't know what bad calf care means. So don't come to me and say, we should just know what Joe Biden meant. The dude is broken. We need something serious. And we need it now. But I don't have all the answers, my friends. I don't. What I can only, oh, the only thing I can do is show you what's happening. So my opinion on what's going to happen, I think the Democrats are going to get obliterated. And then this is, here, here, here's what's going to happen next. Defund police Democrats poised to expand power in party in 2022. House Democrats are poised to move further left. So saith Fox News as of today. I agree. The progressives are going to gain more power, but this will further further alienate regular people, middle of the road people, post liberals, disaffected liberals, whatever you want to call us. Elon Musk posted a meme showing how the left has moved so far left that moderate left leaning people are now considered moderate right leaning people by most polls. I ain't moving. My positions are the same, but the left has just gone off the rails. Now these people are going to continue doing it, and I expect to see a major sweep by Republicans. Fascinating times. Truly. There is now, I imagine it this way. Imagine there's a big sphere of influence, and it's got the left and the right, and they're arguing. And then budding occurs. A bubble starts to emerge of the far left, and it eventually grows so large, it falls off. Now, there is the constitutional republic sphere with liberals and conservatives, true, like traditional or post-liberals. And over here is this weird mangling mess of progressive and far left authoritarianism that thinks it's the left. At the very least, it's on the left. So it looks at us, disaffected liberal types, traditional liberals, and calls us right wing and far right. They've lost it. I, I think that's the culture war summed up. 
But I'll tell you, the argument I have with people like Ben Shapiro isn't about the Constitution. We agree on that one. It's not about free speech. We agree on that one. It's not about Second Amendment. We agree on that one. Many liberals do. It's about like tax policy, gay marriage, pro-life, things like that. And we have calm, rational discussions. And, and it's fascinating to me. We've had a few leftists who are like, I'll come on your show and debate you. And then I'll be like, well, I don't really do debates. I mean, I could have you debate someone and I'll moderate. I'll have a discussion with you. Let me know when you want to come and we'll pay for it. And then they say, no way. I'm not going to do that because they're an amorphous malignancy with no principles, a chaotic and destructive force. And it's going to lead to destruction for the Democratic Party. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, the bell tolls for thee. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It seems like the left is pulling out all the stops in a desperate bid to prevent Elon Musk from acquiring Twitter. There's some some speculation about sabotage the company. Twitter, of course, locked down their code. I'd say that's your more leftist woke personality. But let's talk about your more centrist, moderate establishment liberal institutions like the Open Market Institute. Open Markets, sorry. Watch your guru tweets just in. The FCC, FTC, and DOJ were asked to block Elon Musk's deal to acquire Twitter after claiming the transaction poses a direct threat to American democracy and free speech. The commissioner responded and said they had no authority to block the purchase. Wow. So this is where they're going now. They can't win. They will try every possible front to stop this from happening. Elon hasn't done anything, but they know it's coming. We've already seen many of these leftists say they're going to allow right wingers to say mean things. Yeah, because in the real world, you can. And that's called free speech. My favorite thing about this whole argument is when the left thinks they're owning the right because like Elon Musk blocked someone. It's like, dude, we who believe in free speech have been advocating for you to block people this whole time. So they're like, Elon Musk says he's for free speech, but he blocked me. Yes, you should do the same to people you don't like. It's called free speech. You don't got to listen. They get to say. Fox Business reports FCC commissioner shoots down, quote, absurd claim. The federal government can block Musk's Twitter purchase. The Open Markets Institute claimed that Musk should not be allowed to own both Twitter and Starlink. Why not? Look, it's funny to me. That you got Bill Gates, you got uh, Jack Dorsey, you got Mark Zuckerberg, and they got their pinkies in every pie. And where's the news cycle on that? Where's the complaints? Well, obviously, those of us who believe in free speech have been clamoring about it quite a bit. And now all of a sudden, Elon Musk, who's ideologically poised to be in the other direction, free speech, now it's a problem. To be fair to the Open Markets Institute, they've long complained about big tech and wanted to break them up. I can respect that. I don't completely disagree. But it's just fascinating that finally there's some pushback, a a push for free speech. And now they're like, oh, oh, everyone should get involved. All right. Brendan Carr, a commissioner on the Federal Communications Commission, rejected a left-leaning organization's claim that the FCC has the authority to block Tesla CEO Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. After accepting Musk's $44 billion offer Monday, the Open Markets Institute warned that the deal represents a threat to American democracy and free speech, suggested the deal is illegal and argued that the federal government has the power to block it. 
Quote, the Open Markets Institute believes the deal poses a number of immediate and direct threats to American democracy and free speech. Spare me. That is just not true. OMI director Barry Lynn said in a statement, Open Markets also believes the deal violates existing law that the F, the Federal Communications Commission, the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission have ample authority to block it. Lynn noted the deal would give to a single man, one who already wields immense po- po- political and economic power, direct control over one of the most important platforms for public communication and debate, which was previously in the hands of what Vijaya Gade or Jack Dorsey, the Twitter board. But it's more than one person. It was ideologically homogenous. Spare me. Citing Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, the Telegraph Acts of 1860 and 1866, the Man-Elkins Act of 1910, and the Communications Act of 1934, the OMI director claimed that the American people have an absolute right to ensure the full openness and neutrality of all essential public infrastructure. He also noted that the U.S. government has used antitrust law in communications in the communication sphere. All right. Let's slow our, let's hold our horses a bit. My good friends, are you suggesting that Twitter is public infrastructure and that it should be regulated as such? Deal. Outright deal. You know what that means? It means absolute free speech and ain't nobody going to be able to complain to. What's the matter left? You don't want to be on a platform where people have free speech? Too bad. You know, they like to go out in the streets and smash up windows, which ain't free speech, and they wear masks while doing it. You want to come and vandalize and go insane and all that? Nah, that's illegal. You want to come to the public square and have a debate? You're going to have to do it on legal terms. And that means there's going to be people there you don't like. So by all means, if you want to call this public infrastructure, deal. Does Does that mean I'm saying we should nationalize the platform? Not entirely. Somewhat. I'm not a fan of the government. I think they get so much wrong. But there are certain things I think are okay, like regulations that restrict. I don't want I don't like it when the government gains more power. And arguably, if the government can restrict a major corporation, they're gaining more power. So there's a challenge here. But I think about it this way. If Twitter has some regulation, like you can't ban political speech or if it's legal speech, it's allowed. I'm fine with that. If these big, what you do then is, if these advertisers don't want to be on it, there's two solutions. One is, well, if there's a regulation, Twitter can be like advertisers. We're not allowed to dictate what people are allowed to say because the platform's so massive. If you don't want to be in the public town square, then by all means, don't be. And you will not be relevant to the conversation. These companies need to be here. Brand safe. Get out of here with that stuff. There's another, there's a, there's a, there is another alternative. If the platform really is that important, then semi-nationalize it. Sure, uh, it can be retained by private ownership, and then we, we subsidize it. Now, there's challenges I find with subsidy. I'm not a big fan, but these are, these are potential options, and we'd have to navigate through them. If Twitter really is important to political speech, breaking news, and public discourse, then we should not allow it to be controlled by people who are desperate to just get ad dollars because ad dollars will make the platform go in insane directions as it already has. Perhaps the solution is as Elon Musk sees it, memberships, meaning people who want to be involved and get privy access will pay a monthly fee. I would think about it. 
How many followers does the New York Times have? 53 million. <clears throat> now, now, some people have pointed out that they don't get any engagement. I don't think that's as nefarious as many people believe. I follow these big news outlets. I don't know exactly which ones, but like Reuters and CNN. I don't interact with them. I see the tweet in my feed and I go, whoa, breaking news. I open the article. I'll look into it, try and fact check it, and then I'll tweet about it. I don't click the profile or retweet it. I'm just getting that news. I want the news. I am a uh, what's described as a power user. I think that's what they call it. But I'm a prolific user of Twitter. And I don't engage with major news outlets. I engage with debate from the opinions of people. But news outlets typically are just, you know, if a news outlet posts something dumb, you know, that's a, a, a opinionated or just wrong, I'll interact with it. But typically I don't. That's what I want. Now, getting that feed is actually really important because it allows me to curate the sources that I think are important. And I try to have a mix of, you know, mainstream and, and, and conservative outlets, mainstream, of course, being left. So maintaining that platform, I think, is a good thing. How do we do it? It's tough. But the New York Times would absolutely, in my opinion, they'd pay a thousand bucks a month for that feed. Hands down, Elon Musk could create multiple tiers of service level and say, you know, the New York Times, this is a platform for you to advertise news stories you want to go out to people and to create a conversation. How much is that worth? What's it worth to you? Quote, Musk already controls one of the most important internet platforms in the world in the form of satellite communication system Starlink, Lynn noted. Since the late 19th century, the U.S. government has routinely acted to prevent mergers between existing essential platforms. This means that just as we would now expect the U.S. government to block a takeover of Twitter by Google, Facebook, Comcast, or Verizon, the same rules apply to owners of Starlink. Except I still haven't gotten my Starlink. So don't act like Starlink is, is you know, functioning. Starlink is a, is a low-latency, low-orbit satellite internet platform. And it's not even active everywhere. It is not the dominant ISP. And what I'm hearing is that as much as they purported to offer up to 100 megabits per second, once people actually get it and they're in a congested area, it drops down to like 10. So not even that good. I mean, it's pretty good. Low latency satellite means amazing things for people who live out in the middle of nowhere. It means really great things for people who have RVs. We can drive up in the mountains and play video games with that low latency internet. But to act like this is a dominant platform, come on, this is ridiculous. It is clear they are just desperate, crying, please, no, Elon Musk can't have Twitter. Here we go, Brendan Carr. A Trump-appointed FCC commissioner shot down Lynn's claims as absurd. The FCC has no authority to block Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, and to suggest otherwise is absurd. Carr said in a statement Wednesday, I would welcome the full FCC making it clear that we will not entertain these types of frivolous arguments. I'd say bravo as I clap, but the reality is the dude's just like, bro, I can't do anything about this. It's not about him standing up for what's right. It's about him being like, I can't do it even if I wanted to. It does not surprise me to see that some interest groups are planning on throwing the kitchen sink at this transaction in an effort to derail it, Carr added in a statement to Fox Business. All right, well, there you go. Of course, the FCC has no authority to block the transaction. And while I am not in a position to speak for the DOJ or the FTC, the other agencies that were identified in that Open Markets Institute release, I am not aware of any basis upon which any federal agency can block it. But I defer to those agencies to speak to the scope of their authorities. Suffice it to say, it is far from clear that the groups objecting to the transaction are going to do so because they're interested in the neutral application of competition and antitrust laws. These efforts look like a move motivated by a desire to prevent the free exchange of political views on Twitter. Carr concluded. I agree. 
100%. Cars previously expressed optimism about the Musk acquisition of Twitter. I'm hopeful that Elon Musk is going to bend Twitter's content moderation towards a greater embrace of free speech, Carr said on Fox Business earlier this week. Tesla, the Department of Justice, and the FTC did not immediately respond to comments. Now, he's right. They're going to throw the kitchen sink, and that's what we're seeing. The kitchen sink. From Fox Business, Elon Musk deal saved Twitter, FCC commissioner. Okay. FCC commissioner Carr, hopeful Musk will bend content moderation towards greater embrace of free speech. I agree. We hope. It certainly can't be worse than it already is. It certainly can't be worse than Facebook or Google already are. I had a conversation recently with some people at Google. I know people at Google. We have contacts at Google. We work with them because, you know, we've grown to be quite a big company. And uh, I said, listen, it is one of the most shockingly insane things for anybody to start a business on YouTube right now or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I mean, Twitter is probably safer, but I don't know what YouTube what, what constitutes a rule with YouTube. Let me break it down for you, my friends. If I break the law, a police officer sees me break the law, and then I argue I didn't, in fact, break the law. So let's say there's a circumstance in which a thing occurs, and a police officer says, you broke the law, you're under arrest. And I say, I did not. I get processed in the, in the court or in the jail or whatever. I go before a judge in a trial. The judge will interpret the law and say, what happened? The cop will say he was being disorderly. And I'll say, Your Honor, I was protesting on the sidewalk, as is my First Amendment right. The officer clearly thinks I did something illegal. Okay. The judge will then interpret that and say, you're allowed your, free, your First Amendment. If he doesn't, you can sue. Now, let's take a look at YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, or whatever. I will say something. And they'll say, you violated our rules. And I'll say, how did I violate your rules? And they'll say, we're not going to explain it to you. We don't care. Bye-bye. So for me on YouTube, you know, I told Google, I said, I have no idea what your rules are. Now, you can come out here and say, no hate speech. What does that mean? Well, it means you can't disparage a group of people. What group of people? You can't say these things about masks or vaccines or whatever. And I'm like, what if a, what if someone's reporting it? What if I'm trying to comment on the news? Don't know. We've had people advocate for the death penalty. In some instances, advocating for the death penalty is a ban because it's cause for violence. In other instances, it's allowed. The rules are not clearly defined. They are interpreted at random intervals by different people. There are people who have broken the rules a year ago. And all of a sudden they get a strike. And it's like, well, a year ago you said this. What? That's how the game is played in Silicon Valley. I'm not interested. How about this? How about Elon Musk? If slash when you take control of Twitter, and you probably will, what we do is we have transparency in the rules. We have an appeals process and we have a transparent appeals process. The process should be, here's the rule. Here's why you think we uh, here's here's why we think you broke it. And here's your options. Now, here's the issue. With the real world, most infractions are a slap on the wrist, a fine or really minor. Let's say you're told no disorderly conduct. Like, let's let's talk about speech. Let's say you let's say you go into uh, check this out. Let's say you go into a store and you start yelling. The store says, hey, get out. You can't do that. And you go, no. And you say, you keep yelling. The police will come and they will not throw you out for yelling. They'll say, you are now trespassing. You must leave. You're not going to go to jail. You're not going to get a ticket. 
They're not going to cuff you unless you resist. So the police will say, sir, you are trespassing and you must leave. If you refuse to leave, you will be arrested. You then have the option. So here's what happens on social media. You'll tweet something like, "Okay, dude, like Zuby did. What should happen? Twitter comes to you and says this tweet is in violation of whatever. And they do this. They do. They say delete it and you can continue. Sure. The problem is, is OK, dude, really in violation? And the problem is Twitter's rules are outright saying certain speech, whether it's literal or, or, or uh, otherwise, constitutes a, a break in the rules. There is no circumstance in which you would, well, with a private business that is small, you can be thrown out for any reason. But when it comes to large, massive uh, sp- spaces, we, we have what's called publicly owned private spaces. So I'll give you the example of court precedent in New York I've given before. If you go to Zuccotti Park in New York, this is what happened to Occupy, and you say, okay, dude, not a single person will kick you out. Not a single person. If you walked up to someone and said, I'm going to misgender you, not a single person would kick you out. If you start yelling and protesting, still not a single person would kick you out. The point I'm bringing up is Twitter's scale, and which is why I'm like, if we're at the point where it's the public square, it must be treated as such. Meaning, you can say whatever you want. You're not screaming. Perhaps if you spam and you keep spamming someone, then they say, hey, stop doing this. Or it's quite simple. Do you know what the police would do if you went into a privately owned public space or a large park in the public and started talking to someone and you wouldn't leave them alone? The cops would come up and they put their hand up and say, back off. They wouldn't arrest you for the most part. They'd separate you two, you and the other person. So why does not Twitter just do that? Oh, they do. It's called block. You see, this is what's happening. The left wants you to basically be arrested or kicked out because you've said words. There is no screaming. If you went into a Wendy's and you said, okay, dude, 99.99999% of the time, they're not going to throw you out for that. If you went into a Wendy's and walked up to a random customer who was non-binary or whatever, and they were saying something to you and, and your voices were low and you went, okay, dude, and the person complained, they're not going to throw you out. They're going to say, you know, look, we can't do anything. They didn't do anything. I don't know what you want us to do about it. Twitter, on the other hand, is going to be like, you said what? Okay, dude, get out. That's the problem. Now, the issue is a single Wendy's fine. You can leave and go eat somewhere else. Twitter is what we refer to as platform monopolistic. It's a platform monopoly. Robert Reich now seems to understand that. I want to give a shout out in the end of the segment to our good friend, Jenk Uger of the Young Turks, who tweeted, are right wingers really unaware of the irony of saying they are champions of free speech and then celebrating a law called don't say gay? The law they cheered on the most is literally the most against free speech. Irony wept for there were no more worlds left to conquer. I wish Jenk would read the news. He has no idea what he's talking about. It's probably why his followers are he's stagnant. It's probably why his show is losing views and he's become quite unhinged. There is no bill called don't say gay. That's not true. No one's cheering that on. There are some people who think it's true, probably are cheering it on, but in the main public space of debate, there is a law called the Parental Rights and Education Bill. In it, it is not against free speech. It is prohibiting curriculum. The government has the authority to restrict its own speech. If the government is running public schools, the government can tell its own people that the government cannot be teaching certain things. So they're not allowed to teach Christian praxis. That's right. 
Imagine if they had math problems and it said Jesus rose on the third day. A day is 24 hours. How many hours did it take for Jesus to rise? People would be like, wait, what? Why is that in a math book? The same as with critical race praxis. Are right wingers really unaware? Jank, look, I understand there's a difference between establishment shills, Democrat moderates, progressives. I think the issue is when I say the left, I typically refer to those who believe fake news. Like, Jenk, you're a shill for the establishment, but also kind of progressive. You do criticize the left, and that's fair. But there is no bill called Don't Say Gay. You believe fake things put out into the world by fake news. And that's the problem. When the left, which is an umbrella term for those who, in my opinion, are overtly authoritarian, tend to be, and believe fake news. Jimmy Dore is on the left economically, but that's why they call him right wing, because he believes real news. My response, I said, Jenk, that's not the bill's name. And two, the government can restrict its own speech. It's fascinating because Jenk Uger's response was a non sequitur. He said, well, why won't you call out Ron DeSantis? You know, he quote tooted me. Let me let me scroll down. See he said, Florida also has a bill that says the state will take away your government contract if you dis- disagree with them on Israel. You are not allowed to have the opinion that Israel should be boycotted very clearly against freedom of speech. Did you ever call them out on it? Yeah, like every time I talk about Ron DeSantis, I say, you know, I really like what the guy's doing. He's not perfect. He has that weird anti-BDS thing, and I have concerns about his stance on free speech. But overwhelmingly, I think he's doing a good job. I say it every single time. On Timcast IRL, we had Luke Rudkowski on the show who brought that up several times. Yes, because we point these things out. But let me, here, here we go. Jenk Uger says, you guys love to say that's not the name when it describes the bill perfectly. Just say it. You don't believe in free speech when you disagree. Now Ben Shapiro is saying everybody who isn't conservative should be fired from Twitter. That's against free speech and it's cancel culture. First of all, I'm not Ben Shapiro. Second of all, I do not share political, uh, all of my political opinions with Ben Shapiro. So if that's his true sentiment, then I will outright be like, okay, it's wrong. Whatever. It's probably joking, by the way. It doesn't fit the bill perfectly. Jenk, you didn't read the bill. It's don't say straight. Oh, because you can't talk about traditional marriage either. Right. Please just read the thing. You didn't. And that's the difference between the people who follow me and the people who follow you. The people who follow me know that. The people who follow you don't know that because you don't know that. And you tell them things that are not true. This is the fundamental difference between left and right, I suppose, because for some reason, even if I have left wing positions on economic policy, like universal basic health care, canceling student loan debt, which I'm for, not in the way Biden's doing it. I think they should eliminate all interest. So if you've paid your principal already, you're good to go. I don't like the idea that someone took out $40,000 in loans and due to massive interest rates now owe $100,000 and have already paid $40,000, which are many stories we hear. So eliminate that interest. Let people pay back what they borrowed. I agree with that. But it doesn't matter. Jenk Uger believes fake nonsense. And there's no point in arguing with someone who believes things that aren't true. The bill, 99% of it, is about parental rights and access to information. And there's one provision about school curriculum, which impacts traditional marriage and LGBTQ issues together. But he didn't know that, nor does he care. Ron DeSantis championed this bill that said something, you know, they said, they said BDS was anti-Semitic and that they could take away your contracts. Let's break that down for a second. You have no right to a contract with the government. The government does, does not, when you're doing business and you're like, government, I'm going to provide you with widgets in exchange for $10. The government can say, we don't like the things you do. We're not going to sell you widgets. That's 
that's that's that they can do that. The government is not obligated to give you money. However, I don't believe the government should be suspending contracts over BDS. If a private company can provide a service to the government, and they and they do, they also have the right to choose who they do business with. There's a big difference between what's happening right now with uh, uh, Florida's Disney bill and the BDS stuff. In Florida, Disney engaged in politics and said, we want to influence what's happening politically. And so they said, we're not going to give you special access, special provisions and special privileges if you want to be a political actor. I agree with that. In much the same way, 501c3 nonprofits and churches get tax exempt status so long as they don't engage in politics. You want to give Disney a tax exemption or a tax benefit? They should not be engaging in politics, much like 501c3s. If a business says, I don't want to do business with Israel, the government should not be interfering with that. I can say it a million times, but Jenk Uger is duplicitous. He doesn't actually read the news. He doesn't actually follow any of the work I do or have any real arguments against what I'm talking about. This is the issue. The left's position is based on absurdities and fake news. And I mean the left, I mean the entirety of it. Progressives believe insane things like Jenk Uger does, not all of them, but many. The establishment is outright lying. And so what do you have? You have post-liberals, libertarians, moderates, conservatives who are seemingly aligned. Why? Because we know what's real. We can disagree on our opinions on where these things go, but we agree that it's real. Jenk, you live in a fake news world. You make videos about me that are completely fabricated based on fabricated uh, out of context clips. I offer for you to have a conversation. You won't do it. You make things up on Twitter. What happened to you, dude? You used to be this anti-establishment guy. Now you're going on these weird rants and screaming about things that aren't true. Read the news. Now, I'll tell you what I think. I think Jenk Uger retired. I think he retired, gets his news and information from Twitter, doesn't fact check it, and is taking the lazy approach. Whatever. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I'm having a good time. I hope you all are having a good time. This past week has been one of the most uplifting and hilarious news cycles I've ever experienced. Elon Musk knows how to bring the fun back to Twitter. And I'm certainly enjoying myself, one, because Elon Musk is funny, two, because free speech is winning. And it's not just in, in the Elon Musk story. It's also what we did with the Times Square billboard. I also just want to point out, for me personally, I end up in the news cycle because Elon Musk tweeted a meme of me. I am shocked. I'm grateful. And to all of you who are members over at TimCast.com and to everybody who watches and supports my work, it's all thanks to you. I really do mean it. I'm just a dude who reads stuff on the internet, talks about what I research, tries to get the facts right. And in this, I have found myself strangely in the periphery of this story, which is, it's, it's, it's a surreal feel, uh, feeling. And um, I am humbled, to say the very least. But Elon Musk, he knows what made, what, what made Twitter fun and why people used it. I genuinely believe it. When the uptight ideologues took over and the establishment narrative creeped in and eliminated the fun, it became a not fun place. Things just became angry and pessimistic and people don't want to be there. There's no cultural excitement. There's nothing going on other than mean people saying mean things and lying to you. And along comes Elon Musk. He buys up the company, free speech victory. He's posting jokes, fun and exciting. And he's bringing it back. Now, the point of this segment is that I called it when I said that Twitter's quarterly report, earnings report was gonna be bad. Nailed it. 
It wasn't apocalyptic, but it was bad. They missed projections. They had good growth in certain areas, like more users than they thought, but they couldn't monetize it. And I said, I thought that's what was going to happen. That come Thursday, when they released their earnings report, it was going to show a miss. And that was going to result in a stock drop off. There's no stock drop off. Why? Because Elon Musk bought the company. So what happens is, why would someone sell the stock when Elon is going to buy it from you for $54.20 guaranteed? Now, if Elon wasn't buying this, I think Twitter stock would have tanked. But let's read this. I want to start with fun. Elon Musk tweets he's buying Coca-Cola next to put the cocaine back in. We read this live on Timcast IRL last night when he tweeted it. And we all laughed. It's hilarious. He knows why and how to make Twitter fun. You see, I think the problem is, is ideologues have taken over. And we need to expose that the ideologues have taken over. I think most of us know they've taken over. And now we have an advocate in Elon Musk, someone who has the means to take back the system, make a joke, laugh about it and have a good time. And that's going to encourage people to come back to the platform. It's going to make the platform worth a large sum of money, much more than I mean, it's already worth billions, right? It'll be worth way more. So we must continue to challenge those narratives and be that shock to the system. When Elon Musk Musk tweets jokingly, he's going to buy Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in. It's hilarious. And it's not the only tweet he made. He tweeted this one. Someone made a fake tweet where he said, now I'm going to buy McDonald's and fix all of the ice cream machines. And Elon said, listen, I can't do miracles, okay? And we're all just having a good time laughing. It is good to see free speech winning. It is good to see people who are willing to call out the media manipulations and the lies challenging that system. So you know what? Before we read about how I was right about Twitter's earning call, I want to give a shout out to ground.news. Head over to ground.news slash Tim Download their app. Get their browser extension. I'm a huge fan of ground.news. Let me explain. When you go to their website, what they do is they show you stories by bias. So we've got one. Biden asks Congress for $33 billion to support Ukraine through September. You can see 23% of the news outlets reporting out at our left, 15 are right, and 62% are considered center. The other really cool thing you can do is you can actually track the bias of Twitter users and see where they're consuming news. Surprise, surprise, left-wing personalities overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly get their news from the left and right-wing personalities from the right. The fascinating thing is you can see that the right gets their news from a mixed bag, but more so right. And the left is like 95% left-wing sources. Wondering about me? It's actually like 53% left and then evenly split between center and right-wing sources. Head over to ground.news slash Tim Seriously, get the app. It's, a, it's an amazing aggregation tool for news, showing you who owns the outlet, their factuality ratings. I've got some, some disagreements to a certain degree with how they run things, but I send this to my newsroom. I'm like, guys, check this out. We can look at the bias. We can see if we're missing certain stories and we can track individual people on Twitter too. Helps us cut through the bias, understand the manipulation, where it's coming from, why it's happening. But ultimately, it'll be your assessment. If somebody's owned by a major conglomerate, if somebody's full of, full of it and they're left or right wing, you can see that in the stories as they're getting reported. It'll actually show you all the different links. What I do is when I pull up stories, I'll look at all the different outlets reporting it because ground.news has aggregated it. And then I'll go through. Actually, you can see this sometimes because I use their browser extension. At the top of articles, typically you'll see 
Well, sometimes you will. You'll see the ground news thing pop up and explain the bias. I think that's extremely valuable for you as, as people who watch my videos when I show you the story. So special thanks. This is a sponsored spot to ground.news. But legit, I do use their service and I think it's fantastic. Let's read the story. We know Elon Musk is full of jokes, but here it is from TimCast.com. Twitter's earnings report shows missed revenue projections, overstated users. Oof. New report reveals missed goals, lower than expected user growth, and an error in previous reporting on active daily users. Did I call it or did I call it? Remember what I said a few days ago? Elon Musk cornered Twitter. He offers them a premium, $54.20, because he knows he can get it. He also knows when their earnings report comes out, their stock will drop. If they don't accept his premium deal a week before they have to tell everybody they missed their goals, when the stock drops, they would be liable for the lost revenue. And if the stock hit 30 bucks, that's $24.20 per share the board's going to be responsible for to the shareholders. Here's the best part of it. Elon negotiated a $1 billion breakup deal, meaning if the shareholders say no, Twitter's got to pay Elon Musk a cold billion dollars cash. Amazing. Here we go. Twitter just reported earnings for the first quarter of 2022 in what may be its last report as a public company after the board agreed to sell to Elon Musk. According to the report, the company missed the expected revenue of $1.23 billion, making only $1.2 billion instead. However, it reported a 16% gain in advertising sales. The gain is the worst pace of growth in six quarters and is in line with reports from Snap Inc. Meta Platforms, which are also facing lower advertising spending due to issues such as struggling supply chains and inflation. And Elon knows it. He knew he was going to win this one. The company reported 229 million monetizable daily user accounts known as MDUAs. The number was slightly higher than the expected 226.9 million representing a 15.9% increase from the same period last year. The US MDAUs, that is, okay, it's MDUAs, user accounts, were up 6.4 from the prior year's quarter at 39.6 million. Internationally, the MDAUs were at, it's MDUA, I think, 189.4 million, an increase of 18.1. Let's think about that for a minute. How many adults are in this country? So uh, you go, we got 330 million people. Uh, many of them are young people. So among adults, maybe half that. So we're looking at around, hey, it's what Pew Research said. 23% of Americans use the platform. As a result of the report, shares saw about a 1% increase in early trading Thursday. I'm going to contest that, TimCast.com. Mr. Michael Robeson. Robeson, am I pronouncing your name wrong, Mike? Uh, Michael. As a result of the report, shares saw about a 1% increase. I don't know if we could say that accurately, that as a result of the report, I think it would be more accurate to write on the website following the release of the report or saying amid news of the report, current shares saw about a 1% increase. I would then include, we don't know if the, the increase is due to that at all. Because I think it's actually fair to say as a uh, despite, you could also write despite the negative results, shares saw a 1% increase likely due to Elon Musk's purchase agreement. The stock is not going to drop when you have essentially a guarantee to make money. Right now, I think the stock is trading at like 48 bucks, which means if you were to buy in right now for one share, you're going to get six bucks back near October or whenever it is Elon Musk completes the transaction. Now, imagine if you put it, if you bought 100 shares, it's a free $600. Imagine if you put in 1,000, that's a free $6,000. Imagine if you put in 100,000, that's a fr- uh, for 100,000 shares. 
a free $600,000. You see how that works. A lot of people would be buying in now. The fact that the shares are not trading at $54 suggests some people may think the sale might not go through because there are provisions. Timcast.com continues. However, the report did point out a correction from a previous earnings release. Twitter noted that it had outstayed, overstated the MDUAs previously, an error that purportedly resulted from launching a feature that allows users to easily switch between their separate accounts. The company said that between Q1 and Q4 2021, all linked accounts were counted as MDUAs when the primary account made an action. Ooh, whoa, that is bad. Basically doubling. Wow. Before the deal between Musk and Twitter was announced, some analysts speculated that Twitter might have wanted to finalize the agreement before reported reporting earnings. The analysts had anticipated a disappointing quarter. Now, Timcast.com isn't linking to my analysis. I am an analyst of sorts, a news analyst. And this is what I said. Did I not say that? You heard me say it. See, often I make predictions. They're bad. You know, when I read the news and fact check things, I can get the facts right. From there, we have tremendous escalation of variabilities from now until said point. So often my predictions are a coin toss, maybe a little bit better, maybe not. Fact checking, I typically get right. In this instance, I am proud to say I nailed it. And the reason I'm saying that is because I've had some pretty bad predictions. But I'm, I'm happy to see that I was like, yes. Okay, it's kind of bad news. But Elon Musk, I was right. Elon Musk cornered Twitter in a brilliant pincer move. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So they say uh, uh, Twitter previously set a goal to reach 315 daily active users, daily user accounts by the end of 2023 and boost its annual revenue to 7.5 billion. That's that's insane. Twitter would have would have needed to edit 86 million new users over the next seven quarters, averaging 12.3 per quarter. However, the company only added 25 million in 2021. How are they going to get that? They weren't. Elon knew it. And he exploited this. I don't mean a bad way. I mean, he saw that. He made his move. He wins. Now, what are we seeing in response to all of this? The media is trying everything to act like Elon Musk is, is violating his agreement because, oh, they so don't want Elon to win. Here we go. Mediaite says, Elon Musk cracks up at parody video mocking trauma of Twitter employees. No, he doesn't. That's a lie. I can prove it. But before I do... Let me show you this story. Yahoo Finance. After no insult pact, Elon appears to mock Twitter and its policy chief with a Joe Rogan meme and says the platform has to be politically neutral. Now, of course, I'm I'm roped into this one. But no, Elon Musk did not violate his agreement. I talked about this already yesterday. But you can see the media is trying to push this narrative. It's the perfect example of what the media does. They lie to people and stupid people fall for it. I hate to say it, but it's true. Stupid people who don't read it fall for it. You know what I did? I read the agreement to make sure. And sure enough, Elon Musk did not break the agreement. Yahoo says, did he or didn't he break the deal? A day after the SEC filing revealed that Elon Musk, Elon Musk must avoid insulting Twitter or its agents in the deal to purchase the company, the Tesla tycoon tweeted a meme on Wednesday that appeared to mock Twitter and its policy chief top lawyer, Vijay Agade. The meme shows YouTube host Tim Pool having an imaginary conversation with Gade about Twitter's alleged left-wing bias. <clears throat> alleged. The conversation circles a logo of the Joe Rogan Experience, a podcast that's recently been slammed for spreading COVID-19 misinformation. Oh, you love it, Yahoo Finance. Oh, let's see here. 
A day after an SEC filing revealed that Elon Musk must avoid insulting Twitter or its agents in a deal to purchase the company, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't say that. You see, that's how they lie to you. Now, perhaps some of you didn't see my report on this yesterday as I broke down the agreement. Perhaps some of you are on the left saying, it does say this, Tim, you're wrong. What the provision says is that Elon Musk may make statements about the merger so long as such statements do not disparage Twitter employees or Twitter personnel. That's very, very simple legal language. I think a child could understand if they actually sought to. If Elon Musk comes out and speaks about the merger, such statements about the merger must not disparage Twitter. That means if Elon comes out and says, I've secured the deal, Twitter is mine, and Twitter employees are trash, violated the deal. If Elon Musk comes out and says, Twitter employees are trash, he's not talking about the merger, does not violate the terms of the agreement. But you can see they're desperate, aren't they? Perhaps they're but humble midwits, unable to actually read the uh, legal argument or simply ask a lawyer. That's the craziest thing to me. Are you a journalist who wrote this? Wei Loon Soon from Business Insider. Did you ask any expert about the language? It's a silly argument. The meme shows YouTube host Tim Pool. Haha. It's a reference to a 2019 podcast episode on the show featuring Gade Pool and Twitter founder Jack Dorsey. The three discussed Twitter's rules against the abuse and harassment of transgender people on the platform. And Pool said most of the accounts Twitter bans lean conservative, which was a fact. Now, I was specifically referring to a study because this wasn't me being like, I sit back and sit on Twitter and the only thing I see is conservatives. That's not what Tim Pool does. Mm. No, what I did was I pulled up a study. That said, we looked at the most, the highest profile accounts that met a certain threshold. We, uh, we, we looked at the accounts that got banned. We then looked at a certain threshold of notoriety and found that like 21 out of 22 were right-leaning. I think the only left-leaning account that got banned was Kathy Griffin. And it was because she posted a photo of herself holding the severed head of Donald Trump. That was, that was a, a study, not my personal opinion. They want to say... Musk's critics quickly dinged the Tesla tycoon for tweeting the meme, saying he's bullying the company for putting its employees at risk. Oh, no. Former Twitter CEO, CEO Dick Costolo called Musk out on the meme, saying that he's exposing Twitter employees to potential harassment. Bullying is not leadership. Musk quickly defended himself and said he was ta- asking Twitter to stay politically neutral. For Twitter to deserve public trust, it must be politically neutral, which effectively means upsetting the far right and the far left equally. He said, wrong, Elon Musk. Wrong, good sir. You cannot anger the right and the same way you can anger the left. If you allow an equal playing field where the left is allowed to say their piece and the right is allowed to say their piece, guess what? The right is going to be fine. The left is going to be going, And that's exactly what's happening. ContraPoints the other day, referencing this meme saying, they just want to misgender people. They want to? Yeah, because conservatives view on misgendering as an inversion to yours. It's an overtly political issue. If I said, do a backflip, and someone thought a backflip meant a front flip, we wouldn't be communicating effectively now, would we? And if you came to me and said, stop saying backflip, you're not allowed, I'd be like, I can say whatever I want. And therein lies the issue. The left says, you must restrict speech we don't agree with. The right says, let people speak. How can you have both sides be equally unhappy unless you're doing exactly what Twitter was already doing? What Twitter was doing was allowing people on the right to speak, but to a certain degree. 
This pissed off the left because the left demanded that every conservative be banned. Transphobes, they say. They, they report me every single day. Twitter said, we'll ban some of the right to make the left happy, and we'll not ban some of the right to at least keep them partially happy. And there, now the left and the right are equally happy. It doesn't work. What Elon Musk is doing is going to make the right happy, and it is. Now, let me bring you back to this mediaite piece that also lied. This is the game the media plays. The other day, they wrote, Tim Pool attacks Taylor Lorenz in Billboard. I didn't attack anybody. I stated a thing that Taylor Lorenz did. Docs, libs of TikTok. It was an attack. Elon Musk cracks up that parody video mocking trauma of Twitter employees. No, he didn't. Here's the tweet from the Babylon Bee on April 27th. Kyle Mann says, our video mocking Twitter employees for being too sensitive was flagged for, by Twitter for sensitive content. The video the Babylon Bee made, it came out on the 15th of April. Elon Musk is not responding to that video. He's responding to the censorship with laughing faces. Elon Musk is not cracking up at a video mocking trauma of Twitter employees. Elon Musk, 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 Elon Musk is cracking up at the censorship on Twitter. Duh. It's why Elon Musk bought the platform. Perhaps the stupidest thing Twitter could have done was censor the Babylon Bee. Because then Elon Musk was like, all right, I'm buying the company. Yep, the tweet earned a response by Musk, a well-known fan of the Babylon Bee, who was also interviewed by the outlet last year. Musk replied simply with two laughing emojis. And does it mean he's laughing at them or laughing with them? You don't know, but we can assume. The point is, the news story is fake. In the Babylon Bee video, a Twitter employee goes to a therapist's office to discuss the trauma she feels after news breaks that Musk is buying the company. In fact, the video is quite hilarious. She walks in and the company therapist is like, tell me what you see. And he's using a Rorschach test. And she's like, Nazis, Nazis. That one looks like a lip. Nazi, Nazi. And then he shows a picture of Elon Musk. And she's like, Nazi. And then he shows the Babylon Bee. And she's like, Nazi. And then he's like, tell me, is Elon Musk in the room now? And she's like, I see him everywhere. When I go to the store, when I come into work, when I get into my Tesla. Nailed it, guys. The Babylon Bee, truly funny people making funny stuff. And then she like, she looks over at an employee, there's an employee thing pinned to the wall. And one of the employees has like Elon's face. She says a tennis ball with Elon's face on it. It is really, really funny. Now I'll laugh at it. I got no problem saying I find it hilarious. These whiny babies, they're like, I don't want to be in the public space and actually discuss politics because people might say mean things to me. Oh, too bad. People say mean things to me all the time. Grow up. Elon Musk tweets about Vijaya Gade and they're like, he's harassing her. And my response is just, oh, oh, I'll also point out, whenever I do those voices, I get these like these hit, I got this hit piece where it's like, you often do silly voices to mock the left. And I'm like, yeah, because they're weak. It's pathetic. You know what, man? I like the idea of a progressive tax system and universal basic health care because universal health care is a complicated position. I like the idea for giving student loan debt so long as it makes sense. That is, get rid of the interest. Hey, those are typically left-wing positions, not really far left, but um, I'm also not a weakling. Meaning, I understand why we want to help people because some people need a helping hand and I'm totally down for it. But do not come to me and tell me that the hard work I've done that facilitates the help I can provide should be under your constraints and that I don't get to make jokes. No. These people don't want to actually argue the merits of their ideas. They are terrified that someone might, might disagree with them. I was in Boston 
And some Antifa guy kept lunging at me and swinging at me. And I stood my ground and I said, bro, I come to these things. I know exactly what's up. Dude gets in my face and backs off. They also like to post a video of me of a dude pulling my hat off while I was live streaming. And I snapped and told him I was going to knock his teeth out. I go to these events knowing full well, but I'm kind of a hothead sometimes. I get angry. I'm a bit arrogant. And I'm, I'm willing to stand my ground. I ended up going on Tucker Carlson on his show. I think I was on Tucker because of the Antifa guy who got in my face. Yo, I can believe in left-wing economic policy and some social policy and also not be a weak little baby about these things. If Ben Shapiro wants to sit in front of me and say something about gay marriage, I'll argue with him. I am not scared in the least bit. Jason Whitlock, both Ben and Jason, rad dudes. And Jason comes on IRL and says he didn't agree with gay marriage. And I say, oh, I disagree. I think, you know, people and adults, consenting adults and all of that stuff, I'm more libertarian on this. I've sat down with Charlie Kirk and Will Chamberlain who said, that's a libertarian position. I'm like, yes, I know. I'm a, I'm a centrist libertarian. I lean a little left. Admittedly, left libertarian is difficult because cooperation is much harder than compensation. But cooperation is a big part of compensation in free markets, too. I just I lean a little left. I do. I think some of these solutions require community oriented solutions and not just free markets. And I think for, and, and I'm not staunch anarch, anarchist because I think you need some regulation. But these people, they don't want to come. They don't want to come on the show. They don't want to have arguments. They don't want to debate them. They want to shut you down. They want to lie about it. All right. Bravo, Elon Musk. Keep making jokes and having a good time because I'm all here for it. Everybody else, keep crying. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.